I'd like to welcome you to another episode of Money Matters Top Tips for Success, where each and every day I bring on new business owners, entrepreneurs, and executives and have them share their top tips for success with you. My name is Adam Torres. You can follow me on Instagram at Ask Adam Torres. Keep up with my book releases, book tour schedule, signings, all that other good stuff. Always love to connect with you there. And as always, if you'd like to apply to become a co-author of one of my upcoming books, just head on over to the website, moneymatterstoptips.com, and click on Become an Author to Apply. All right, so today I have Chris Weldon on the line, and he's the founder over at Corner4.co. Chris, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Adam. Thanks for having me. So I'm excited to get more into what you're doing at corner4.co and uh, how you're helping your clients. But before we do that, let's get a little bit more into your background. So how did you get started in business and as an entrepreneur? Sure. I started, I guess, at Michigan State like you. And then when I left, I was a packaging engineer there. And after a couple of years of that, I went back to business school. I found out I really wasn't really enjoying that piece. But I really always had a fascination with Wall Street and investing. so I kind of transitioned to that uh, role, which was a junk bond, a high-yield analyst junk bond, uh, trader and analyst is where I started. And it was it was awesome. It was a uh, – my first deal I ever worked on was the DreamWorks, uh, the first nine movies that DreamWorks made, way back in, like, 99, 2000. Um, we funded the first movies. We were the equity investors. So I got to use my engineering tools of how to, how to analyze the business and some finance tools together. It was a lot of fun. I went on and spent – uh, you know, number 15 years after that, working in distressed debt, turning around broken companies and things like that. And I got, it was really fun because I got to combine the engineering skill set as well as the, the passion I had for, I guess, the stock and bond market, just how companies function. And I grew into a role where my job was to turn around distressed companies. Um, and then a few years ago, I decided, hey, I'd like to think they start my own. Instead of fixing someone else's broken business, I would like to have take a shot at being an entrepreneur and starting my own, uh, solving my own problem and learning all the different things you need to learn to get that off the ground. That's awesome. Um, and I, I, lo- I love your background because you've seen it from the equity side. You've seen it from, like, the investing side, obviously. And thank you for your work on DreamWorks because I love the, love the content they put out. And if somebody wasn't working on that finance in the beginning, who knows, right? Um, but that being said, so there's some younger entrepreneurs um, out there that are listening. Maybe they're just getting started. They're in their first business or two. Um, what kind of advice would you give them in terms of really taking their business to that next level? You know, I think um, a number of things when you're starting something new is it, it, it's best to start it as a hobby while you still have a job if you're brand new. That way you can have a, you can understand the accounting and the taxes and the regulations and how to acquire customers. If you're really starting from scratch or you've been working at a co- big company in one role and you want to branch out, you know, start something small and on the side to learn. Uh, business school isn't going to teach you how to be an entrepreneur uh, necessarily. And then – Think of it as uh, a long hallway with, let's say, a few hundred doors on each side that you need to go in each one. There aren't any shortcuts. You have to learn how to code, maybe. You have to learn how to acquire customers or do marketing. There's a lot of things that takes time. So follow your passion because you're going to need that energy. Get through all awesome. of them. And if you do your research on startups, I mean, there's a lot of seven-year overnight successes, right? I think Twitter didn't <laughs> get discovered until their sixth year. And all that time was learning and, pre- prepare, and preparing. A lot of things can happen. So um, start small, and, and it's a lifelong learning kind of opportunity. That's awesome. 
Um, let's switch it up a bit, Chris. I want to get more into what you're doing as founder over at Corner4.co. Um, so tell me a little bit more about the company, please. Sure. And, you know, the best way to start a company is to find someone's pain point. Either you have a lot of, you know, subject matter knowledge in that area, or you partner with someone or you have a friend or a customer to where it's the number one thing that keeps them up at night. Maybe it's in the top three, because then that's a business that they're going to pay for. You know, and that's that's – you know, how I look at my startups is they try and solve a pain point that uh, people are really, really excited to, to solve. And Corner 4 uh, kind of marries my love of, like, software startups. I just be my second mobile app software startup that I whole career in finance and investing. So what Corner 4 does is we basically help companies um, attract more A players and retain them longer by creating company benefits that help solve the student loan crisis. In, in, in the in the vein of financial wellness, right, where you get, you sign on to a company to give you your health, your dental, your vision insurance, your two weeks off vacation, and now they're going to give you a, a program that helps pay off your student loans if you hit certain milestones. Uh, it adds emergency savings and things like that. Because so many millennials are struggling with the fact that college doubled in the last 10 years and wages only grew 2 to 3%. And if you do the math based on what student loan payments look like now, it's probably their second largest payment after rent, and it wipes out their savings. And most millennials can't even afford to uh, put money in their 401K, or they can't fully participate. So this is a way for companies to align a benefit package with a generation of workers that this is a big problem for, and it might generate some loyalty to that employer in the end. That's awesome. Can you talk just a little bit more about this whole crisis that you're mentioning? Because I don't, and everybody listening may not be aware. Sure. So there's, it's not something that's obvious, and that's the reason why is, you know, you'll talk to your coworkers about a lot of things, right? About you, mm-hmm. you went to the dentist or you had a bad date on Friday night, but you probably aren't going to tell your boss or your coworkers that you can't make your rent payment and you're, you're, you're behind on your credit card payments, right? It's just not something that people talk about. It's, personal finance can be a little shameful and embarrassing. Um, so it's not something that a lot of people do know about, but the statistics are out there, and you're also seeing some of the politicians campaign on it. In fact, after we built the first version of Corner 4, the um, U.S. Senate, uh, Amy Klobuchar, who's a Democratic nominee, and Chris Coons, I think his name, they put out a bill called the Savings for the Future Act which would require that employers put 50 cents an hour or 20 bucks a week into an emergency savings fund until it hit 2,500 bucks. Because they realize that no one's saving for retirement because they can't. And wages have not gone up. And like I said, college went up, it doubled in 10 years. And the average loan tripled since my generation. Um, I think the stat would be millennials today have 300% more college debt than their parents and 40% more than the generation before them. Um, imagine working in a company where your, you know, young employees one day become managers and they're still renting apartments with roommates, right? I mean, they may never own homes, some of them, many of them, if you can't save for a down payment. So it is a problem that's kind of bubbling, and you're also seeing Bernie Sanders. I'm sorry, you're seeing Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders talk about forgiving student loan debt as part of their campaign promises. So people are noticing they want to do something about it. 
Wow, that's uh, that's something else. And you're right. That's one of the things that I'm thinking about is that not like unless you're you have a child that's uh, uh, you know millennial, or unless you're in the middle of that debt portion, that stat that you gave is pretty stra- staggering. Three hundred percent and forty percent more than the generation before. <laughs> that's crazy. Um, so what what kind of responses have you been getting towards your towards corner um, towards corner four and and the work you've been doing? Because I'm guessing people are loving this. Well, it kind of falls into two camps. Um, there's people that love it and they realize that the cost of hiring someone, what well, unemployment's at a 50-year low, right? And if you are a technical, if you're in the technical field, it's really hard to recruit people. Um, they're in such demand, right? So if someone leaves your company who's an A player for a ten or twenty thousand dollar raise, it probably costs you twenty to thirty grand to find someone new to pay the recruiter to find them. The seat's empty. And plus, that person's brand new learning the job. Or if you would have retained the other one, they'd be like a year three employee. So it's worth it's worth a lot of money to keep people. So there's a lot of employers who view their people as as their biggest asset. And then there's companies who maybe don't want to be that. I guess they said maternal. They still think that personal finance should be your responsibility. Um, but we're seeing an overwhelming number of people saying yes, this is a problem, and you know. If we can keep these people here two to three years longer and make them better human beings when they leave, it's worth it to us. So I think this is going to be a big thing. And there's a number of other startups that are just focusing on the student loan piece that have already been acquired by banks and are signing up people left and right. Oh, man, that's awesome. So, Chris, if somebody's listening to this and they want more information on corner4.co, what's the best way for them to get it? Sure, you can go to corner4, the number 4.co, or you can email me directly at Chris at corner4.co. And, you know, if it's something that you'd like to discuss or learn more about, I'd love to talk to you and kind of spread the word. All right. That's awesome. Um, Well, hey, Chris, really appreciate you coming on the show today and sharing more about your background and all the great work you're doing at corner4.co. And to the audience, as always, thank you for tuning in. I hope you got a lot of value out of this. If you did, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, leave me a review, do all those great things we do to support our podcasters. I really do appreciate it. And uh, Chris, thanks again for coming on the show. 